Welcome to Immerse Beginnings reading for week 11, day 51. Immersed in Numbers The fourth book in Beginnings, Numbers, marks an important advance in Israel's story. The book begins with the Exodus generation, the people God freed from slavery in Egypt, but ends with the Conquest generation, the people God will lead into the Promised Land. The Exodus generation isn't allowed to enter the land because of their lack of faith in God's power and their disobedience to His directions. This is one of many examples of Israel's disloyalty to their covenant with God. Numbers helps us understand that Israel suffered from the same flaw as all of humanity, rebellion and disobedience. If God is going to use Israel to bless all peoples, then he is also going to have to overcome this flaw within his own people. The literary structure of Numbers alternates back and forth between story and law, showing how these two elements of Israel's history are intertwined. Much of the nation's law is given on the way, because this is a people with a destiny. The law and story sections in Numbers have distinct characteristics, but their interrelated nature shows how God's presence and word are living among his people. Law sections begin with the Lord speaking to Moses, Aaron, or both. The laws given are typically to be kept in the future, when you finally settle in the land I am giving you. The account gives no description of how anyone obeyed or disobeyed the laws. No places and no people besides Moses and Aaron are named in these sections. They typically end with a standard phrase, such as, This is a permanent law for the people, or I am the Lord your God. Story sections are situated in place and time, and they name all who are involved. For example, in the first month of the year, the whole community of Israel arrived in the wilderness of Zin. People respond to the Lord either in obedience or disobedience, and subsequently receive the consequences. Stories often end by explaining how a place was named. For example, after that, the area was known as Taborah, which means the place of burning because fire from the Lord had burned among them there. These different law and story sections and numbers relate to one another in intricate ways. Each law section is tied to the preceding story section. For example, at the end of the book's second story section, it is announced that when the cloud, signifying the Lord's presence, moves, the Israelites must break camp. The subsequent law section commands trumpets to be made to signal when this should happen. We also see in these sections the same kind of chiastic pattern we've already seen in Genesis and Exodus, the first item in a series paired with the last one, and so on. In Numbers, each of the six law sections are paired together, as are the six story sections. As it concludes, Numbers pulls together both strands, story and law, to show their inseparability in forming the identity of God's covenant people. It also brings the people to the edge of the promised land. The book does not just describe the journey, it also reveals the significance of what happens along the way. God's story with the world is moving forward, but as we are learning, it is not an easy journey. God will continuously wrestle with His people, and His own commitment to the covenant will be tested. However, as we read of the travels of Israel, we can see clear hints that the Lord's promise to bring blessing to Abraham's family will prevail. Note, for example, the words that God gives Moses for the high priest Aaron and his sons to share with the people of Israel as a special blessing. 
May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. These words begin with blessing and end with peace. While the Bible story is not a straightforward path to the fulfillment of God's intention, as there are ups and downs in the journey, he is faithful and true to his word. And his last word will be peace. The Book of Numbers A year after Israel's departure from Egypt, the Lord spoke to Moses in the tabernacle in the wilderness of Sinai. On the first day of the second month of that year, he said, From the whole community of Israel, record the names of all the warriors by their clans and families. List all the men twenty years old or older who are able to go to war. You and Aaron must register the troops, and you will be assisted by one family leader from each tribe. These are the tribes and the names of the leaders who will assist you. Reuben, Elizer, son of Shedeur. Simeon, Shalumiel, son of Zurishaddai. Judah, Nashan, son of Amminadab. Issachar, Nathanael, son of Zur. Zebulun, Eliab, son of Helan. Ephraim, son of Joseph. Elishima, son of Amihud. Manasseh, son of Joseph. Gamaliel, son of Pedazer. Benjamin, Abidan, son of Gideoni. Dan, Ahiezer, son of Emishaddai. Asher, Pagiel, son of Akron. Gad, Eliasaph, son of Duel. Naphtali, Ahira, son of Enan. These are the chosen leaders of the community, the leaders of their ancestral tribes, the heads of the clans of Israel. So Moses and Aaron called together these chosen leaders, and they assembled the whole community of Israel on that very day. All the people were registered according to their ancestry by their clans and families. The men of Israel who were twenty years old or older were listed one by one, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. So Moses recorded their names in the wilderness of Sinai. This is the number of men twenty years old or older who were able to go to war, as their names were listed in the records of their clans and families. Reuben, Jacob's oldest son, 46,500. Simeon, 59,300. Gad, 45,650. Judah, 74,600. Issachar, 54,400. Zebulun, 57,400. Ephraim, son of Joseph, 40,500. Manasseh, son of Joseph, 32,200. Benjamin, 35,400. Dan, 62,700. Asher, 41,500. Naphtali, 53,400. These were the men registered by Moses and Aaron and the twelve leaders of Israel, all listed according to their ancestral descent. They were registered by families, all the men of Israel who were twenty years old or older and able to go to war.
the total number was 603,550. But this total did not include the Levites. For the Lord had said to Moses, Do not include the tribe of Levi in the registration. Do not count them with the rest of the Israelites. Put the Levites in charge of the tabernacle of the covenant, along with all its furnishings and equipment. They must carry the tabernacle and all its furnishings as you travel, and they must take care of it and camp around it. Whenever it is time for the tabernacle to move, the Levites will take it down, and when it is time to stop, they will set it up again. But any unauthorized person who goes too near the tabernacle must be put to death. Each tribe of Israel will camp in a designated area with its own family banner, but the Levites will camp around the tabernacle of the covenant to protect the community of Israel from the Lord's anger. The Levites are responsible to stand guard around the tabernacle. So the Israelites did everything just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then the Lord gave these instructions to Moses and Aaron. When the Israelites set up camp, each tribe will be assigned its own area. The tribal divisions will camp beneath their family banners on all four sides of the tabernacle, but at some distance from it. The divisions of Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun are to camp toward the sunrise on the east side of the tabernacle beneath their family banners. These are the names of the tribes, their leaders, and the numbers of their registered troops. Judah, Nashan, son of Amminadab, 74,600. Issachar, Nathanael, son of Zur, 54,400. Zebulun, Eliab, son of Helan, 57,400. So the total of all the troops on Judah's side of the camp is 186,400. These three tribes are to lead the way whenever the Israelites travel to a new campsite. The divisions of Reuben, Simeon, and Gad are to camp on the south side of the tabernacle, beneath their family banners. These are the names of the tribes, their leaders, and the numbers of their registered troops. Reuben, Elizer, son of Shedeur, 46,500. Simeon, Shalumiel, son of Zurishaddai, 59,300. Gad, Eliasaph, son of Duel. 45,650. So the total of all the troops on Reuben's side of the camp is 151,450. These three tribes will be second in line whenever the Israelites travel. Then the tabernacle, carried by the Levites, will set out from the middle of the camp. All the tribes are to travel in the same order that they camp, each in position under the appropriate family banner. The divisions of Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin are to camp on the west side of the tabernacle beneath their family banners. These are the names of the tribes, their leaders, and the numbers of their registered troops. Ephraim, Elishima, son of Amihud, 40,500. Manasseh, Gamaliel, son of Padazar, 32,200. Benjamin, Abidan, son of Gideoni. 35,400. So the total of all the troops on Ephraim's side of the camp is 108,100. These three tribes will be third in line whenever the Israelites travel. The divisions of Dan, Asher, 
and Naphtali are to camp on the north side of the tabernacle, beneath their family banners. These are the names of the tribes, their leaders, and the numbers of their registered troops. Dan, Ahiezer, son of Amishaddai, 62,700. Asher, Pagiel, son of Akron, 41,500. Naphtali, Ahira, son of Enan, 53,400. So the total of all the troops on Dan's side of the camp is 157,600. These three tribes will be last, marching under their banners whenever the Israelites travel. In summary, the troops of Israel listed by their families totaled 603,550. But, as the Lord had commanded, the Levites were not included in this registration. So the people of Israel did everything as the Lord had commanded Moses. Each clan and family set up camp and marched under their banners exactly as the Lord had instructed them. This concludes today's Immerse Reading Experience. Thank you for joining us.